Here we go with the panel part of the program on the John Oakley Show, 640 Toronto. Topics worthy of discussion. For Pizzaville, dial pound 3636. Or you can download the Pizzaville app or go to pizzaville.ca. I want to do that tonight, too. Uh, I hear there's a hockey game being played somewhere. Uh, before we get to all of that, let's get to our panel. Ernie Eves, a former Premier and Finance Minister in the province of Ontario. Good afternoon to you, Ernie. Good afternoon, John. You're all stoked up for the big game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've got my face paint on right now. Can you hear it? <laughs> I, I can just see it all now. <laughs> okay. Uh, also joining us, Lisa Raitt, former Deputy Leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. How's Lisa doing? Doing pretty good, John. Looking forward to a win tonight. Well, all right. Well, uh, you know, uh, a win uh, could happen for either one of two teams, Lisa. you got to be more specific. <laughs> That's a political answer. Unbelievable. Yeah. I know. It's for Toronto. Yeah, it's for the Leafs. Uh, that would be, you know, the Leafs hoisting the Stanley Cup would be some kind of iconic imagery. Uh, we may not live to see that, but still. I wanted to talk about that because we were talking just before you two joined us about this passport redesign. Now, it may not seem like a big deal, but they've got certain iconic imagery like, uh, well, the last spike being driven in, the Fathers of Confederation. Uh, we've got Vimy Ridge, so on and so forth. And instead, now we're going to see, well, uh, a man raking leaves into a wheelbarrow, birds at a bird feeder, uh, all of these things. Lisa Ray, let me start with you. Uh, first of all, does that say Canada to you, buddy, putting leaves into a, a wheelbarrow, and uh, or does any of it really matter? You know what, John? I think it's just a nondescript description of some kind of country that's north of the equator. And, and that's, that's what makes me sad, because we, we're not showcasing what makes us true Canadian. And I think that the images that were in there were touchstones of our value system. And now it just seems like we're meandering and, and there's nothing to identify ourselves to or with. And it, just to take the example of Terry Fox, for example, kids still learn about Terry Fox. Kids idolize Terry Fox. And he was the epitome of courage and selflessness in this country. And they just take him off the passport pages and replace him with a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, that's, that's pretty sad. Well, you know, Ernie, I mean, I can dial this into the Leafs as well. Uh, this, you no, know, seriously, if uh, you don't have a core identity and an identity is born out of a, a definition of uh, who you are, you know, in the collective consciousness through imagery, iconography and things like that. Uh, so does Canada, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, lack an identity? Well, no, I don't think they do. I mean, it's on the current passport pages. I mean, I, I agree with Lisa. I mean, why are we changing this? I mean, it's great that they're doing new security aspects to to the passport and, uh, you know, the type of paper and security uh, measures. But And I agree with all that. But why would you change? I mean, when I heard about the Terry Fox thing, I just about flipped out. I mean, why on earth would you take him off? Or, or any of those things. I mean, you know, the Fathers of Confederation, the last spike, and go on and on. I mean, some guy raking leaves could be in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, and the guy raking the leaves might not even qualify for a passport. I mean, you, you, so these are the... <laughs> well, the squirrel doesn't, for sure. <laughs> well, 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 you can be assured it isn't Justin Trudeau raking the leaves. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I was going to say uh, the squirrel. I mean, has that now replaced the moose, the beaver, the loon, the Canada goose? I mean, uh, what are we talking about? Anyway. Well, I don't know. Is it, is it a red squirrel or a black squirrel or Whoa. a gray squirrel? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, the red squirrel. Maybe that's the liberal connection right there. Uh, hey, Lisa, you know, but this is yeah. where uh, I thought maybe it's worthy of discussion because Justin Trudeau famously said uh, Canada is a post-national state. We have no core identity. Uh, is that sort of his attempt to reposition us, reimagine us, and, uh, you know, strip away some of these things that we used to hold sacrosanct? Well, it, it would appear that he certainly believes this stuff. He was passionately trying to defend it in question period today, and Pierre Polyev did a fantastic job of pointing out exactly what was going on. Do I think that the Prime Minister is being nefarious? No, I don't, but I do think... He thinks that everyone's going to agree with him on this. And I don't think that he's got the pulse of the nation. The images that were in the passport were all symbols of adversity that we shared, that we overcame. And that's what makes us great. And that's what makes us good as a country. And it has nothing to do with our nature or our climate or our geography. And that's what this seeks to set out. It's We're more than a a nation of snow and ice and beautiful mountains and lakes. We're good people. We're gritty and we fight. And that's the kind of stuff that I, I was proud of in my passport, quite frankly. It was my remembrance of who I am as a Canadian. Yeah, you know, when you said uh, the pulse of the nation, that was interesting because I think we might have spoken about this uh, fairly recently. The Liberals had their convention on the weekend up in Ottawa. And the party members, now it's not binding on the leadership of the party, uh, per se, or the government, but they actually proposed uh, a policy that would see uh, government examining ways to limit journalists to only reporting from sources that can be named or verified. Uh, Ernie, uh, this is a mindset within this party that sees there's no shame or harm or any kind of, uh, you know, uh, embarrassment to bring this up. I mean, this is the bedrock, uh, the foundations of a lot of journalism, you know, that has exposed scandals. So, uh, you know, what vested interest could they have, the Liberal Party, in wanting to eliminate? Oh, John, John, John. (laughs) (laughs) What vested interest could they have? Which topic do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about (laughs) China? I mean, it's just, again... Uh, thank goodness it doesn't. <laughs> At least we hope it doesn't become law. But it's ridiculous. You're you're preventing the media from doing its job. And in a democracy, part of the job of the media, of course, is to hold the government of the day accountable and to expose things that perhaps uh, you and the government of the day might not like exposed. That's all part of our system as much as, uh, <clears throat> you know, Donald Trump didn't understand that south of the border. But <clears throat> I think it's a... It's a huge—I mean, I can't believe they actually put that to paper and voted on it, and I gather it. one of them was was unanimous. Well, yeah, and so isn't this a revelation of sorts, Lisa, that this is a mindset fairly prevalent within the pro- progressive ranks? I think we can make that assumption. And look, you did it at the top when you introduced the topic, John, but, you know, you're giving them a lot of latitude by saying it's a non-binding motion— when, when in the history of all journalism has the Conservative Party of Canada ever been afforded that same kind of disclaimer as they talk about something that we came up with at one of our policy conventions? Never. But everyone's, you know, not necessarily you, but certainly CBC and other stations are tripping over themselves to remind the Canadian public, yeah, they passed it, but it doesn't really mean anything. It means a lot. It means that's exactly what their grassroots members are thinking. And it, even if the prime minister says we're never going to institute it, that's not what we believe. That's what his party believes. And that's who they're going to be 
that's what they're thinking about for their next leader because there will be a day when their next leader comes, and it's something to pay attention to. Yeah, filter through to the top. Uh, these kinds of things do per- percolate. Uh, let me ask you about something else then, because, you know, we've seen the situation with Chinese interference and all that that hath wrought. And then we've got, you know, the expulsion of a diplomat finally. Uh, although it was interesting because Melanie Jolie, foreign affairs minister, and Lisa, let me stay with you on this one. Uh, when she actually suggested that we had to think about this, you know, and uh, really mull it over because we could be hurt economically, culturally, uh, socially, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, is that not a rookie mistake for a foreign minister to uh, admit that uh, we're really tentative now or apprehensive about economic sanctions? Interpret it that way. I'm also going to give a little bit of slack, and I wonder whether or not, and I have no knowledge, but I wonder whether or not officials were trying to gauge what the Chinese reaction was going to be. Was there a back-channeling happening at that time? to try to figure out the real politic of this. If we throw out your envoy, what are you going to do to ours, and is there something we can agree to? I don't know if that happened or not, but I can understand if that was a process in place. But she's not explained herself to say that what they were trying to do, so it just appears as if they were dithering. Ernie, you know, uh, some people are seeing this as kind of a propitious event, so that uh, a watershed of sorts that the Chinese now, the interference and uh, all of the other things that they uh, they might be involved in, uh, as well as, you know, uh, seeking retribution and uh, coming hard against Canada. If we ought to pivot away, can we do that? Uh, you know, the economic uh, dependence that we have on the communist regime, do we need to start to sever ties as much as we can? How practical is that? Well, I mean, there are certain economic uh, situations and trade going back and forth that is beneficial to both countries. But that doesn't deal with the basic, uh, you know, values that we're talking about here. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that they took a week to decide this. I mean, this, this is like a 10-second no-brainer, and I don't think you can blame it on on Melanie Jolie. If you think for one minute this was delayed for a week on her say, I mean, you have another thing coming. It came right from the prime minister's office and the prime minister himself, I believe. And it just shows... I suppose, the lack of courage. Um, Canada sort of regarded as some sort of doormat by these, um, you know, imperialistic dictatorships. Like you look at Russia, for example, and the invasion of Ukraine. I think the EU has expelled, I think, collectively some 200 Russian diplomats because of Ukraine. Germany alone, I think, expelled 47. How many has Canada expelled? Zero. So, I mean, it just points to the lack of courage to stand up and fight for your own country and the values that you believe in. I mean, I, I just, you know, to me, it's unbelievable. It's just a lack of courage. I don't can't put it any other way. So you would favor the NHL sending Bobrovsky back to Russia tonight? Yeah, like right now. Yeah, okay. I was just going to check, Ernie. I wanted to bring it back to uh, what the least. not with him. <laughs> right. Again, Lisa Raitt, former deputy leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, Ernie Eves, premier, former premier and finance minister here in the province. Uh, by the way, just listening to Alex Pearson, she was talking about this uh, sign that was put up uh, by grade six students at Q Beach Public School in the beach, uh, city's east end, and uh, it referenced Mother's Day, which... Some took umbrage at, saying, you know, it's not inclusive enough. Some kids don't have mothers. Uh, Lisa, let me start with you. I mean, you know, the idea that uh, this is a time-honored ritual, I hadn't heard anybody fuss about it before, but suddenly it's been flagged 
and the school took it down and, and actually uh, wrote another message where they misspelled accomplish. These are educators now. Uh, <laughs> there's irony in that for sure. Uh, but what are we to make of this? I mean, is this, again, uh, more of the cancel culture or uh, sensitivities, maybe overly sensitive people who are calling the shots? I just think it's it's people who make it their life's work to find these kinds of things and bring up an excluded group and advocate for them to, I would say, the detriment of a lot of other people. Um, fully understand that some kids don't have a mother. There's no question about it. But you're not going to avoid Mother's Day sentiments in the country. We're not banning Mother's Day. I thought it was a lovely note. And I also know that it was the kids themselves who voted to put that one up. So, I mean, what are you going to do? That's the younger generation. That's how they view it. And <laughs> I'm saddened by the whole thing, quite frankly. I mean, have we? is this where we are now, that we actually have to now um, not allow us to recognize mothers because some people may get offended? Well, that's the question. You know, do we cede the field to those folks or uh, should, say, the school board, in this instance, the school itself, uh, just have more intestinal fortitude and say, uh, sorry, no, the sign stays up. Uh, just deal with it. If you're put off, uh, you'll have your own day. This is a day that's time honored and we'll mark it. We'll note it on the weekend. That's what the sign is pertaining to. Ernie, how do you feel? Well, I totally agree with Lisa. I mean, why would you object to this? I mean, it's, and I understand that the mother who did object to it doesn't even have a child at the school. But be that as it may, I mean, are we just going to cancel everything? We're going to cancel Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas. How about uh, Canada Day? Maybe we cancel that. That might offend somebody. Um, I, I just think it's ridiculous. I just, no, I don't think the school should have bowed to, to the criticism and the pressure. Uh, the grade six students came up with this themselves. It's obviously how they feel. Uh, you know, I may be out of touch with reality, but usually around Mother's Day, young kids in school, you know, drop cards for their mothers. I mean, we're we supposed to ban those too. Well, the argument is that, you know, some people don't have a mother or they're orphaned or uh, whatever the case, they maybe have two fathers. So it's uh, exclusionary on that front. And we have to be sensitive to, you know, th their feelings. But some people do have mothers, and if they want to celebrate them, then they should be allowed to celebrate them as well. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so the glass is half full rather than half empty. I get it. Uh, on the other premise of uh, cancellation, there's a story out of Kelowna, B.C., where uh, a petition's been initiated by a Kelowna City Council member to cancel an appearance of Jordan Peterson later this month at a local arena. And it states that Peterson's views, well, in a nutshell, are anathema to uh, certain people. Ergo, he ought not to be allowed to speak. Now, my question, Ernie, let me start with you. Uh, is he fanning the flames of intolerance? Are they right in their assertions? Or uh, could they be actually uh, having provoked a backlash of sorts that people are becoming intolerant or uh, tired of intolerant people? Didn't we? Didn't a similar thing happen in Ottawa? where they initially objected to him kind of in coming mm -hmm. to speak, but eventually they let him speak and not one single yes. protester showed up. Yes. I mean, there has to be some freedom of speech in our society. As long as well, what the person is saying is not hate, uh, you know, there's yeah. a definition of hate under the Criminal Code of Canada. There's hate legislation that prevents that from happening. Obviously, you can't break the law. 
but so you have opinions that are different than yours or mine or Lisa's or somebody else's, uh, you're, you're free to espouse those. That's what a democratic society is all about. Well, and, and, and to pick up on what Ernie just said, so, so what um, if he speaks and he does utter hate speech? The punishment should go to the individual who utters hate speech. He should be charged and he should be fined or whatever goes along with it, whoever does. Not saying that he does, but if that happens, but you don't take away the forum for freedom of speech because you're afraid he's going to say something. If he says it and crosses the line, charge him, throw the book at him, right? But don't, for, for goodness sake, don't shut down public places of discussion. Well, when Ernie cites the criminal code definition of hate or hate speech, uh, is there maybe a risk that uh, this now would be changed to, you know, encompass a, a broader swath of a, a subjective assessment of what constitutes hate? Uh, to your mind, Ernie? Well, I, I really don't. I can't answer that question specifically, but... You know, the legislation is in place. If somebody crosses the line, as Lisa says, then then you enforce it. But you don't stop people from speaking because you, you're afraid of what they might say. If that was the case, nobody would ever talk in the House of Commons or the interior legislature if you're afraid of what they might say. <laughs> well, they have, no, don't they have, like, parliamentary privilege? You, you... Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> right. And, and have you ever had occasion where maybe uh, one member of the legislature has said to another, uh, you want to take this outside onto the lawn at Queen's Park? Oh, where... I've seen that many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have, have you? <laughs> yeah. Well, because they don't have immunity then. And usually uh... they don't. They don't go outside and reiterate it to the media. They just sort of slink away. How does it work in the the Parliament of Canada? I mean, is there that same immunity from, uh, you know, you can say whatever and you withdraw it because then the Speaker, you know, says, please withdraw that. If you don't ever have anybody, Lisa, in your time there up in the House of Commons, suggest they take it outside? For sure. But I, I was sued by a member of the public for what I said in the House of Commons. And it, we ended up having to settle it out of court. But the, the reality of what happened was I said it in the house where I have privilege and, and I didn't say anything that was terrible. I'm not going to repeat it because I don't want to go through this all again. But what happened was it got clipped and it was put on a website. And the minute it's put on a website, that's it. You no longer have parliamentary privilege. It can only happen in the house. So it's, it's a fine line. I've been, been there, did that, don't want to return or get the T-shirt. So wait a minute, they took something from, let's just say, uh, during question period or whatever. It was question period, yeah. And they can actually then post it, any member of the public can post it, access it and post it, and therefore it leaves you culpable to some kind of recrimination. Well, we posted it, so oh, it was my oh. team that posted it, oh. and that's what ended up opening, but it's piece of, it was something we didn't understand before that point, and it wasn't defamatory, by the way, um, but nonetheless... It did open me up to the possibility. So you're not necessarily protected. Interesting to note. Uh, let me ask I didn't you. know Lisa was so nasty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's not me to do that stuff. <laughs> Ernie, I want to know who the, the people were who wanted to duke it out on the lawn at Queen's Park. <laughs> <laughs> well, there have been plenty of those instances. Uh, there were more when uh, that legislature sat to 1030 at night and people went out for dinner and had a few <laughs> a, few yep. a few drinks. Okay, rolling up their sleeves and uh, let's go at. Wow, that's good stuff. Uh, I'd like to see. I'd pay cash money to see that. Actually, <laughs> you know, now that's a real sport. Uh, and speaking of which, I'll cap with this because we know the Leafs are playing, and tonight, if they were to lose, 
Lisa, let me ask you, uh, what changes would you see coming uh, if the Leafs were to lose? I mean, going out in four straight, uh, albeit is their immunity card that they got out of the first round, so we have to celebrate that, maybe even have a small parade. <laughs> what, ch- what changes would you see on MLS and E if they, they were to lose? I think big changes. I think um, Dubas has taken them as far as he can go. My son has definite opinions on what should happen, but I'm still hoping that they pull it out tonight. Come on, I'm an optimist, John. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, all those years in the conservative wilderness, I guess you'd have to be. Oh, (laughs) I'm I'm kidding you, of course. The Harper years were the golden years, for crying out loud, and you were right there at the helm. So uh, it's just a a little repost. Ernie, I'll uh, ask you the same thing. I mean, uh, this is the come-to-Jesus moment for this organization, isn't it, if they lose tonight? Well, I think tonight is going to speak a lot to whether they win or lose. It's going to speak a lot to how individual players approach and play this game. I mean, those that may have be willing to throw in the towel without, you know, fighting the good fight right to the end, how they how they approach the game, are they prepared to do what it takes to to win in playoff hockey? I mean, our top four forwards that we're paying what forty million dollars a year to or more have scored the exact total of zero goals in this series. I mean, that that's unacceptable. When you look at teams like like Edmonton and they have a McDavid and Drysdale, I mean, those people are very skilled players as well, but they do what it takes to win and it isn't always nice. I mean, it's physical, it hurts, but that that's what separates the winners from the losers in playoff hockey. It's not the same as regular season as you know. I do. Uh, we can only hope for the best tonight for the Leafs. I know at my golf club, they've uh, left the tee time open for a foursome at 820 on Monday. But oh, I know yeah. it's it's pretty drastic. Hey, guys, uh, thanks so, so much for uh, participating in the program today, making it another great day for talk radio. Lisa Raitt, former deputy leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Ernie Eves, former premier in the province. Stay well. We'll do it soon. We're done. Thank you, Corey Manuel, technical operator, Michael Downey, producer, and to you, back tomorrow after three. Great night all. Go Leafs, go. Fans taking up positions.